Giant clams are so special because they are very, very, very brightly coloured. Magnificent blues, greens, purples. Those colour come from microscopic um, algae maintained in the blood spaces in the tissues and these uh, provide food for the giant clam so it can grow so large. The microscopic algae only grow in sunlight, which is the reason the giant clams are confined to the sunlit areas at sunlit waters. This is Lima 54. We have identified a possible four targets, three fishing vessels, four nautical miles south of the Australian fishing zone. Product on board is wet and pliable shark, and it looks like giant clams. You're listening to The Collection, and we'll be sneaking you in the back door of the Museum and Art Gallery of the Northern Territory, also known as Magnet. Take a peek into specimen jars and step into the deep freezer. Every object has a story, and in this podcast, we'll take you back of house to discover rare and wonderful specimens and how they came to be here. Mollusks, sometimes called shellfish, have been around on this planet for around 600 million years. There are, at present, 200,000 different species of mollusks, uh, and they occur in all habitats on the Earth, from the highest mountaintops to the deepest trenches in the seas. I'm Dr Richard Willen, Senior Curator in Natural Sciences at the Museum and Art Gallery, Northern Territory, and my special area of expertise is mollusks. There are ten major groups of mollusks. Only three of those groups are likely to be seen by the layperson. That's the um, snails, called the gastropods, the clams, called the bivalves, and the squid and octopus, called the cephalopods. We are now moving from my office um, into the Natural Sciences Collection Store. This is where all our dry specimens are held. Just one interesting distinction here. A specimen is something which is uh, held in the museum. It's registered and data-based. Um, in the wild, we call them animals. So the, the, they become specimens when they become available for study. So, into the air-conditioned, humidity-controlled store where we have collections of mollusks and insects, corals and birds and mammals. Um, Overall, the museum's collection consists of nearly half a million specimens. One of the cabinets has got only a single species, the fluted giant clam, from a number of localities, the majority of which are from North Australia. The other cabinet has the other different species, horsehoof giant clams, uh, scaly giant clams, the ningaloo giant clam. Oh, and at the bottom, there is actually one half shell of the really large giant clam, but it's only a little one. For years, I, I did 
lived in a town near the Great Barrier Reef and we did some dives and you saw some giant clams out there and when you swim over them they're so graceful and they're open and shut and they're such, so, uh, I suppose, radiant with colour. Uh, my name's Paul Seaton, I'm from Darwin and I work for the Australian Fisheries Management Authority and that role gives me uh, a chance to investigate fishing activities within the Australian water. Giant clams are very important for filtering the water, uh, for filtering out nutrients, uh, but also things like bacteria, um, which, which are potentially pollutants. So they are very good natural sanitizers. There is a gap on the underside of giant clams through which a whole cable uh, attaches them to the substrate. So to remove a giant clam, you have to cut this, almost like an optic fibre or a whole uh, cable, series of cables. You have to break this. It's called a byssus. And that's obviously been removed in these dead specimens. Giant clams initially grow quite quickly, say up to 10 centimetres long. But then after that, their growth is really, really slow. Um, so the biggest of giant clams, that could be about a metre long, are probably 100 years old. The average giant clam probably would have survived 10 cyclones during its life. When it gets a whole pile of rubble dumped over the top of it, it blocks the sunlight, no sunlight for its uh, algal food, um, and so darkness um, eventually dies. Other than cyclones, the biggest threat to the giant clams are humans. This is Lemur 54. We have identified a possible four targets, illegal fishing vessels, four nautical miles south of the Australian fishing zone. The product on board is wet and pliable shark, and it looks like giant clams. Yeah, so the day in mention, I went out to the two fishing vessels that were in our um, quarantine zone. They were identified as coming from Vietnam and we had to remove the clams off that vessel and, uh, and do a stock take of them. And um, so I saw them and I thought, well, this is going to be challenging because, look, I'm a big, big unit as well. Like I played a bit of football and they like sticking me in the front row. So you can imagine what I look like. So I could probably class myself as being pretty strong, but these were a challenge to themselves. They were very awkward and very heavy and they flake at the, at the tips so you've got these sharp, it's like having a, a sharp razor that can flake on the razor bit when you're lifting them up. It was still very, very awkward. The haul that we apprehended would have had a significant financial value to it. The haul itself, not just the clams, but the sea cucumber and the fish on board, uh, could have come to tens of thousands of dollars, like even to, to hundreds of thousands of dollars. So when we apprehend a vessel, we've only got a certain amount of time uh, before we need to destroy it, if, if that's the way we go, or if it's going to be bonded back to the company that, uh, that the vessel belongs to. So we've got a process that we need to go through, especially being in Darwin Harbour, especially if it's being deemed as a quarantine risk. 
or inclement weather. So you can imagine being in the wet season up here, tropical storms around, and we've got a vessel full of bugs and all sorts of interesting things that could wash up on the shore if it breaks its boring. So it gets a bit exciting sometimes. But um, to see, um, well, what looked like a, a skeletal system of a big clam just sitting there, it was, it was so disappointing. So what we've worked out through our investigation with the clams themselves, they get the clams off the seabed using the hooker gear, the compressed air, and they pump a bag up and it lifts it up, lifts the clam off the seabed and they get it through a davit, which is a small crane on top of their deck. And from there, we worked out that they cleaned out the, the clam and um, they utilised the meat and put it in one of the freezer holds or the, the ice holds, and they try and keep that so they can sell that when they get back to their port. And the shell is worth a lot of money as well, so they clean it as good as they can and leave it on deck to dry out. The shell themselves are worth around about five million dong. So that's probably the equivalent to $250 Australian. Um, it doesn't seem like much, but that can then be unsold for around about $10,000 to real lucrative and profitable buyers that want to put such an ornament in their uh, bathrooms as a sink or outside. AFPA plays a major role in the Pacific and Asia fisheries. Now, like all countries, we want to keep our fisheries sustainable and to do that there's a lot of education and cross-pollination between countries and that comes on in-country workshops where we go and explain what Australia and AFMA require in the fisheries to keep it sustainable and vice versa. It's like a knowledge sharing forum. And that's always going to be a challenge because there are a lot of countries, a lot of people share our waters and there's a lot of people to feed. First year I think we got just under around about 300 vessels and they're taped off to you know your hundreds and your eighties and, and like this financially we've got four. So is it a deterrent? I'd say it would be. It's been very positive. It's, it's been very expensive and it's, and it's taken a long time, but I think that the message is getting out. And if anything, it's probably strengthening partnerships in the region between countries because they want to stop their illegal trades too. So when we uh, send the clams to like, museums, and especially the museum in Darwin, and that we, we use that as an education tool. This was a, a, an opportunity taken from tragic circumstances to educate the public about what type of fishery we have and what type of species of animal grows on our reefs and um, yeah, about looking after our ecosystems out wide. Here are two of them which were taken uh, which were collected in Commonwealth waters to the north of the Northern Territory. On the outside of them, all sorts of corals are growing. These are, again, show the importance of giant clams in the environment as dwelling places for other forms of sea life, corals, seaweeds, sea furs, sea fans. Um, so they make space. They're effectively the high-rises of coral reefs, um, but not ordinary ferro-cement walls, but walls that have living gardens on the outside. In the next episode, we'll find out about the Larrakir seasonal calendar. 
Palmba, Dalai, Mailama, Damabela, Dinijangama, Gurulwa Guligi, and Dalerika as our seasons. And how museum staff work with Aboriginal rangers to collect rare specimens from remote locations. By talking to some of the ranger groups, they were able to describe to us a strange fish that was obviously the one we were trying to find and they led us to exactly where we could find it. The Collection is a Museum and Art Gallery of the Northern Territory podcast. This episode featured Magnet's Senior Curator of Mollusks, Dr Richard Willen, and AFMA Fisheries Officer Paul Seedon. The Collection is produced by Story Projects, with production by Laura Uden and Cinnamon Nippard. Music composition by James Mangohig and mixing by Hamish Robertson. Johanna Bell is the executive producer. Additional recordings by Bruno Baselli and Digifish Music. This episode was created on Larrakia land in the tropical top end of the Northern Territory through funding from National Science Week NT. Subscribe to the collection wherever you get your podcasts. Or for more info, head to magnt.net.au forward slash the collection. Thank you.